This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Mets find a way to lose another game. Yankees in the close one and Derek Jeter finally in the Hall of Fame. Let's talk about it next. That's the number to join us on this Wednesday edition of ESPN New York Tonight. You can also reach us via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Jake the Snake and Brian the Brain. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons continuing the conversation all night long on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, Gordon. Larry, how you feeling? I'm doing great, my friend. How are you? Uh, we'll see. Too uh, early? <laughs> a little, yeah, it's a little too early. I, although I, we might not know by the time this show ends tonight, because this Yankee game is taking. It's like the Met game last night. Oh my God! It's it's painful enough watching it, and now it's taking you know all night long to play it. I mean, wow, this game is dragging on. It is. It is. And I heard, uh, <laughs> having sat through a number of these, I heard Michael K talk about and mention Steve Traxel during this broadcast that's never good right the human rain delay and gordon it was never good when you covering the mets and you knew that he was on the mound that meant for a long night and that is exactly what it's been tonight i mean this is this is the textbook example of why there kind of needs to be a pitch clock because uh, the kid that was pitching for the blue jays tonight manoa uh i mean he was taking forever to throw the ball and I mean, we're in the seventh inning. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's ten o'clock. We're in the seventh inning, and it's a it's a four three game. It's not ten nine. I mean, it's not been that much offense. Certainly not from the Yankees. So uh, this game should uh, be moving along a little quicker than this. But it's painful to watch in more ways than one. It is painful to watch. And I, as a matter of fact, it scroll you know going back and forth because I'm checking on the Mets, and I'm watching the umpire behind the plate like clapping like Let's go! Like yeah, <laughs> like right. let's go! Like today, <laughs> it's like. Listen, when the umpires tell you to hurry up, that means you're, you're taking a long time. It's not good, right? I no. mean, it's just uh, not, not a real good feel for the game. And, and the Yankees, with the way they were performing up until Gardner's home run, it, was, uh, it felt like it was taking even longer, right? Because the bats were not very inspired, not a lot of juice, not a lot of hits, not a lot of offense, not a lot of runs. So uh, we shall see. We still, got, uh, we still got some time to go, and hopefully mm-hmm. this game wraps up before. I don't know if we're going to get an answer with Aaron's segment tonight, though. I'll tell you that. Well, you may have to make you may have to ad lib. Yes, <laughs> you may have. You Tell may you have what to it's be say. Yeah, <laughs> you may have to do. Um, Gordon, I got to say this before we talk about the Mets. Big spot for Gardner, huh? I bet you didn't think that he was going to get a home run there. You didn't think so, did you? No, I did not. No, you're absolutely right. I did not. I mean, and uh, with the way this 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 offense is going right now, that might I don't be really it. Have, yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot of confidence in anybody. I mean, I, I, the, it's almost like every night you get done with the game, like last night, you're thinking to yourself, well, at some point, the I mean, right, some point the offense. I'm not saying break out. I'm not saying score 10 runs, but they got to do something, right? Can they got to do five? something at some point. <laughs> you give me and, five uh, runs. Yeah, I mean, you do, uh, you do absolutely nothing. And, and right now, Judge is in a little bit of a slump. Stanton, yeah. uh, he has a couple of hits tonight, but, you know, he's not, he's not driving the ball over the wall like when he gets hot. Um, mm-hmm. But the offense has been, uh, it's been the story all season long. It continues to be so because when Judge and Stanton are not really clicking – 
Outside of the 13-game winning streak, the Yankees don't score any runs. No doubt about that. Of course, we'll talk about Derek Jeter. We'll get to him and his Hall of Fame speech in a couple of seconds. But, Gordon, allow me a moment. Guys, give me a little Edwin Diaz musica por favor. Do you need us to point where it is on the board? No, no, no. They know where it is automatically. Yeah. Okay. No, Because no. <laughs> Edwin can point to the sky and kind of tell you where that, that button is to push. Well, if the board was in the sky, yes, they would. <laughs> but since it isn't, they're good. Gordon, this is a... Now, first of all, give Alcantara props. He was right. unhittable tonight, Gordon. Yeah. I mean, he had 14 strikeouts. He, he's the best I've seen this season against the Mets. You know, and they've had... And listen, they've faced a lot of really good pitchers who have dominated them, but not like this. He was just he was, without the home run to uh, by, by Conforto. This game would, wouldn't have never made extra innings. That's how dominant he was. But while Diaz is going to get his share of the blame for another blown opportunity, Gordon, this is not a second guess. This is a first guess. Gordon, you can't you can't face De La Cruz with a, with a with a open base. Gordon, you can't. No. You can't. There's no way that you pitch to him. No. I mean, Cohen's telling them the darling right. Hernandez. Right. Everybody's telling them don't do it. And 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 listen, he got away. Rojas got away because he played the infield back in the in earlier when it was just one out. Like you you play the infield in. Why are you playing back at short and second? You play everybody in with less than with with, with less than two outs in that scenario. So he got away with that. You know, they, that's the previous ending when Lugo gets to strike out. All right. And then now this time, you kind of walk this guy. You can't let him hit. He's he's the he's their only offense, Gordon. He's the and, only guy. And not only is he the only offense, the guy that's hitting after him is hitting 108. He's hitting yep. 108. <laughs> I mean, it's not even close. Uh, and for, for Gary Cohen to say as uh, as as – Clearly, as he said, right, this is the most puzzling decision that mm-hmm. Luis Rojas has made all season long. Yep. Um, yeah, that was – I mean, that's a game, you, you know, you kind of have to be perfect here to have any kind of chance. And when you're playing the Marlins and you've only given up to that point one run, you're, you're hoping that the next inning, the, the next opportunity, you're finally going to finally break through. You had some opportunities. You had some chances of not been able to score. And that decision, yeah, it was um, – it was a puzzling one, and I'm one that um, it didn't take long for it to come back to bite you, right? I mean, it no. didn't take long. No, not at all. And once again, Diaz is going to get his share of the blame, you know. But this guy, I mean, that ball almost left the ballpark. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Explain this to me, Larry. I, I, this is what I don't understand. We were talking about this. I was talking with Jake before the show. The pointing to the sky. Who is that for? The outfielder. That's his job to go catch the ball. So he's already looking in this. It's not like he's looking at the pitcher saying, where is it? Where is it? Oh, it's over there. Secondly, it seems like a lot of these times when the pitchers are doing this, when Hansel Robles used to do this back in Mm -hmm. the day, Diaz, they're pointing the balls that are like rocket shots. I mean, it's not like, oh, it's a can of corn and it's going to be, you know, tough to to pick up in the roof. I mean, who is the pointing for? I, he must have thought it was up in the infield. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I mean, you have to know that that is an absolute 
rocket. I mean, yeah. it, it almost went, never mind over the wall, it almost went through the wall. I mean, <laughs> that was an absolute shot. It was. So, it really yeah, was. I mean, not, not a great night for, I mean, it's not really, I mean, look, it's a 1-1 game. You want him, to, you're bringing him in there to keep it a 1-1 game, but this is mm-hmm. primarily on the offense. The offense has got to be able to score more than run, one run uh, against, against this team. Yep, absolutely. Come on, against this team? And, and you now, again, what, 9-4 and four during the stretch, which is not bad. Not bad. But, but again, you got to be next to perfect, and they have, not, they have not done that. To further illustrate your point, Mets have now lost 11 of 12 of their last 12 one-run games. I mean, that, that's on, I mean, is that not on managers? I mean, is that not on the manager? I mean, if you lose a lot of one-run games, is that not kind of saying that maybe the manager is, is not pushing the right buttons when – you know, there's going to be games that you're going to win easily. There's going to be mm-hmm. games that you lose, you know, no, no matter what you do. But if you're losing that many one-run games, it's, it's not, not exactly something you're putting on the resume. No, it's not. And it speaks to the fact, like you said, they're really not hitting. They're not getting – they're not scoring a lot of runs overall. And then when they do, <laughs> Gordon, the bullpen can mix it close. I mean, how many times in the last series you saw them – you know, they, they would take the lead and then Washington would fight right back and they would lose the lead. I mean, it was seesaw back and forth. It's just, it, it really has been just a puzzling season for this Met team. But once again, you know, they're rooting for Washington to see if the Nationals can help them out. Uh, they are leading Atlanta 2-1 in the fourth. Uh, also, I see that Philly is uh, holding on, trailing 3-2 to Milwaukee. And for you, Gordon, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Boston, no score in the seventh. Oh no, the, the uh, Boston. Uh, I think you're going to update all your all scoreboard. Yeah, right, the Boston update. won. Uh, apparently, they won it on a crazy play at the end. I've not seen the highlight yet, but uh, they did win. So look, Yankees are going to have to win some games. Here. Yes, they are. I mean, and they got it. I mean, I, I don't know what they have to. I, I, forget Mount about like panic time. This is like full blown, full blown panic. Like when I was mm-hmm. filling in on DCR during the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week, I was asking Canty every day because that's kind of when the losing streak kind of started. You know where where's the where's the concern level? And back then it was well, you know it's it's not that high yet, and maybe it'll tick up, you know, maybe one or or maybe two spots. But it was pretty much, you know, it's pretty low. I think they're yep. going to start. At this point, it has to be the highest level it can be. I mean, it has to be DefCon one uh, in terms yeah. of concern because it doesn't seem like the offense is ever going. You know, outside of Judge, outside of of Stanton, mm-hmm. uh, there's just too many guys in that lineup that they're relying on. Now, it's good to see Gallo maybe get on base and, and maybe start to snap out of it. There has to be some sort of course correction for him because he's just been so terrible. But um, they have left the door wide open now to all these teams. The Red Sox, the, the Blue Jays are right behind them. Yeah. I don't really believe in the Mariners, but the Mariners are right there. Um, yeah. so, so who are the Yankees or who am I as a Yankee fan to be looking down at the Mariners? They're like one or two games back where the Yankees are. This is, this is terrible considering you finally got the team to start performing like you expected with the 13-game winning streak. You thought, okay, this is going to be a resetting of the season, and now they're, fi- they're, they're hitting their stride. They've overcome all these obstacles, all the injuries, all the COVID, all the losses, all the bad stuff, and now this is going to be the team that you're going to get, and now they've gone right back. They, they've basically given away almost all of that 13-game winning streak. Yeah, they have. They really have. It's, it's scary. Let's update that scoreboard, Gordon. You're right, Boston over Tampa 2-1. Also... Washington still leads Atlanta, but it's 3-2 at the end of seven. And uh, Milwaukee's just taking a 4-3 lead over Philly in the bottom of the sixth. When we return, we'll head back to Cooperstown. That's where Derek Jeter held court today. 
We'll hear from him and get your thoughts on Jeter in the Hall of Fame. That's next. You're listening to ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. And the 3-2 pitch. Swung on a drill to right field. Going back Sanders on the track at the wall. See ya! See ya! See ya! A home run by Derek Jeter. He pumps his fist in the air as he rounded first. He'll hit on third base. He high-fives Willie Randolph. And the entire Yankee team mobs him at home plate. My teammates, my brothers. And I was best. I was blessed to play alongside aside some of the best to ever play the game. Uh, you know, some who are in the Hall of Fame, some behind me right now. I especially want to point out Gerald Williams, Jorge Posada, Mariano, Andy, Bernie, Tino, Cece, Hideki. I mean, you guys in particular were special to me because I never had to worry about what your number one priority was, and that was winning. Derek Jeter, and of course, the voice of our Michael Kay. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Hardestine Damer till midnight in Gordon. That had to be. Listen, there are so many memorable performances, big hits by Derek Jeter. You can just, I mean, you could just count them on your hands, toes, (laughs) everything else. But while people will talk about he's overrated, he's this, he's that. Here's the one thing I'll tell you about Jeter from having covered him his whole career, Gordon, is he made he didn't do one thing great, but he did everything really, really well. Yeah, and he was clutch. Uh, but you, if you know what, you take out all the the postseason stuff, you take all the clutch stuff, all the the intangible stuff out. You know, for anybody who wants to say, oh, he's just a product of playing with the Yankees, or he's overrated. The guy had three thousand hits. The guy had more hits than just about you know like two or three guys over the last you know fifty years. That's going to get you in the Hall of Fame uh, in and of itself. So, you know, for anybody who wants to say, oh, Derek Jeter, he's overrated. And look, there, there are some aspects, even as a Yankee fan, some of the intangible stuff sometimes did get a little bit. Like I bring this point up. I don't know still if it's, um, if it's still there, but his baseball reference page mm-hmm. has all of his, his accolades. And one of them was well, he was uh, voted uh, the, the 10th best world leader by Forbes magazine. <laughs> like, I don't know how you would, <laughs> how you would come up with that uh, scenario. Uh, but, Who's number uh, one? I, I, I don't remember. I, I think it was it Mandela at the time. It was a long wow. time ago now. But, I mean, uh, you know, how Derek Jeter got on the list of the best world best leaders, I don't know. But, um, but anywho, uh, look, no matter what uh, anybody wants to say, there's not a Yankee fan anywhere who watched this guy play that wouldn't want him right back at shortstop right now. You know, I mean, you, yeah. you listen to some of the highlights and you see some of the, the highlights today, and it's kind of, um, it's kind of, it, it, it was a, a joyful day, I'm sure, for a lot. But uh, as a Yankee fan right now, it makes you kind of feel like, man, how the how the mighty have fallen because yeah. uh, those were the glory days, and they seem like they were a long time ago with the way this season and the last few seasons have gone. Yeah, there's no question about that. Uh, Going back to excerpts of his speech today, he talked about, well, not getting it unanimously. Thank you to uh, the baseball writers, all but one of you, who voted for me. (laughs) And everyone, everyone, uh, everyone who, who covered me during my career, you know, the beat writers, the columnists, TV and radio. Yeah, yeah. He. Uh, how does we never that found out that guy, right? No, we never we found never out did. who the person was, right? No, 
No. But but you know what? You kind of had the feeling because Mariano got in, a hundred percent, right? That somebody was going to have to pay for that, <laughs> right? Because that's what the baseball writers do. They 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 just don't like to get a hundred. I mean, you, they don't like to put people in a hundred percent. They just don't. So for Mariano to get in, that was like a shock. Yeah, and he was the first one to ever do it. I think was it uh, was Griffey was was the I think he missed size. by yeah. three. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I mean, look, for the, I mean, t- talk about taking yourself way too seriously. If you're not voting for Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> for the Baseball <laughs> Hall of Fame, exactly. just turn it in. Like, that should be like, like, maybe it wasn't stated ahead of time, but the Baseball Hall of Fame should find out who those people are. What? You didn't vote for Ken Griffey Jr.? All right, we're taking your vote away. Even though mm-hmm. that wasn't a condition of your vote, we're, 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 we're making that rule now because that's just ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Jeter got within one vote, so that's still pretty high. Uh, second highest of all time, so uh, rightfully, rightfully so. No question. And we talk about big plays and clutch performances. Well, Gordon, as you remember, it wasn't just offensively. That is fair down the right field line. Giambi on his way to third, and they're going to wave him around. The throw misses a cutoff, man. Shot into the plate. Smart too, huh, Gordon? I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> I remember watching that at the time, and and it happened so fast, right? Because you're and and there's an expectation when you're watching a play like that that the ball uh, is the ball going to beat him? Is he going to beat the ball? And then all of a sudden, Jeter just comes in there like a flash and just kind of flips it over, and uh, what a play! And it was and and a great call there um, mm-hmm. because it was a huge a huge swing play in that series in that game and and uh, just one of the many that Derek Jeter made in his career. And no question about it. And he, uh, you know, talked a lot about, you know, his dad and his family. That was the key thing about his speech, Gordon. And listen, if you know Derek Jeter, you know that that was going to be the focus. It was going to be his family. But in this cut, he specifically talked about his dad. I'm on the stage as a result of many others. And I'm on the stage as a result of the support and love of countless people. But for me, you know, the love of the game and the success I had playing it starts and ends with family. You know, I was first introduced to competition in the game of baseball by my dad. You know, I I vividly remember going to watch him play shortstop for his corporate softball team. And uh, I don't think I ever told him this, but I I was amazed at how good he was and how he stood out in front of every, stood out in front of everyone else, above everyone else. He was my first idol, you know, wanting and watching and wanting to be my dad. You know, him sitting me down afterwards and educating me. You know, about the history of the game, how to play, and more importantly, how to win. And then afterwards, you know, he, he'd pull out and show me, you know, his scrapbook from, from college to uh, prove to me he knew what he was talking about. Now, there's a lot of people listening, so I'm not going to divulge how many pages you had in your scrapbook here today. Man. Yeah, uh, Derek and, and his dad and his mom and, and Gordon, that's the one thing that has always been, always been so special about him is his acknowledgement of family. And, you know, just how they were always around to support him. Every, every, every play, every game, you always saw it, especially his mom and dad were always there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you could always kind of feel that, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. when you would see him sitting in the stands and, and they were there a, a lot of – I don't know that they were there at every single game, but, man, they were there a lot. And uh, to hear – you know, Jeter was not one of those guys who would um, – 
who would give you a lot in terms of, of sound bites or stuff like that. But you, you can see today it's clear, you know, he has that ability to kind of uh, to, to bring you in with mm-hmm. um, with his thoughts and stuff like that. Obviously, the final night at, at Yankee Stadium when he did the, the, the speech, um, you know, kind of off the cuff. Um, he definitely has that ability. And, and hearing him speak today about his family, I think that was obviously something that he wanted to um, to uh, to put out there. Uh, and uh, I think you kind of know that if you're a Yankee fan, right? You saw the family there all the time and, and how close they are. And it was, ni- it was a nice touch. Definitely was. Definitely was. Well, now it's time for you to join the conversation. They're 1-800-919-3776. Talking Jeter, talking Yankees, talking Mets. By the way, Yankees now trailing 5-3 as uh, – you know, another run scored by by Toronto. It's just it, it's Gordon. If if they were hitting, you wouldn't mind this. But right. you know, every run, it just seems like, gosh, how are we going to do this? We we struggled to get three. How are we going to get six? Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it feels thing. like pushing the rock up the mountain, right? Like every really run, just, just to get the amount of things to go right to get even a run. Uh, you know the the fact that tonight the the runs have been scored on a Brett Gardner home run and that's it after mm-hmm. two days where they didn't have a walk and didn't have an extra base hit uh, that's you, it, they don't have time to to wait for it to kind of come around it, it's got to come around now this is crisis time no doubt about it we'll talk to you next on ninety eight seven ESPN. <laughs> Michael Kay with the final at-bat call of Derek Jeter. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. And going before we get to the calls, I, of course, was at that game covering it for us. But as a Yankee fan, what's your feelings there? It's, it's, it's like it's got to be like, man, I'm really going to miss this guy. Even in his last game, he performs. <laughs> yeah, although, you know, like as Michael kind of uh, set the scene so perfectly in that at bat, it was like, why would we think anything else would happen, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's Derek Jeter. Of course he's going to come through. He always comes through. I mean, the guy, he, he is the definition of success. So why would we be surprised? So, um, you know, at that moment, it didn't feel like because he's been here this long, boy, we're going to miss him. But, you know, now that he's not here, boy, we kind of miss him. <laughs> That's for sure. Let's go to the phone. Spike is in St. Pete. Hey, Spike, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. Oh, my friend Larry, I'll tell you, I feel for you. But I got a, uh, I, I, got, I, I fought fatigue. The Gita ceremony, in 15 or 16 minutes he spoke, uh, he, just he stayed the course. Exactly the family first, which it should be. And um, he just he's just a cool guy, man. I'm telling you, uh, I didn't expect him to do anything other than ace it. And it was wonderful. If you're a Yankee fan, if you're a baseball fan. So I uh, said, all right, I'm a little tired. I'll put the games on. Tomorrow's football. Change the tenor of everything. God. <laughs> and that's right. My God bless that statement. And then I see this. And I, I've been talking about bullpens for a month to everybody. And Diaz comes in. My friend texts me, this other CCN1 guy. This game's over. He said, D- well, how do they keep bringing him in? And what's with that pointing stuff? 
I said, listen, this is a call, and I quote some of his program was Armando Benitez. He wishes he was Armando Benitez. Really? I do. I mean, he he doesn't. He, I don't. I don't know where he's coming from, and there's not much choice. And I put the Yankee game on. And I go, oh, here we go again. You know, and once Chad Green came in, and if anything, Chad Green has been all year and all his career has been consistently inconsistent. And uh, that's a loaded lineup. You know what you got there. And uh, I was talking to Jake on the pre-pickup about the youngster who was wild tonight, but uh, he's got great stuff. He does. His ball moves, man. (laughs) I don't think anything's on it, but... uh, Listen, it's what it is. We have to take as sports fans and sports talk people and callers and hosts. The Gina thing makes the day. you got to put everything else aside. So, listen, Larry, I'm sorry your team keeps losing, but these one-run games, like you said, what are they, 1-10 or 1-11, you know? Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's tough, man. It, there's no bullpen. Both of these New York teams have no bullpen, and that spells disaster. So I'll listen to the program. Take care of yourselves and be careful, and always uh, always a pleasure to talk to you guys. All right, Spike, thanks for checking in. And, and Gordon, it's, here's the thing. The Met bullpen is not bad. The closing spot is what the issue is. Yeah. I mean, you, Loop has been good. Familia has had an up. He's been pretty good of late. Uh, Lugo's been good. I mean, you know, they've been good. Castro hasn't been bad. It's really, unfortunately, been Diaz. And Diaz wasn't bad. He went through a stretch where he was, you know, much better. It's just these past couple of outings, he's let them down. Yeah, uh, you just can't rely on them, right? You, nope. you, you know that even if you get into a spot where things are looking good, at some point that is going to rear its ugly head. And sure, and it always seems to come at the worst possible time, right? Like mm-hmm. you're finally playing well, and, and maybe you can hope to, to kind of get back into the race here or at least keep it a race, and then all of a sudden that old bugaboo rears its ugly head. So, uh, yeah, the Met bullpen has actually been pretty good all season. The Yankee bullpen is the one that has had – each guy has had his moments where he's kind of given it up. So, and I kind of think that Chad Green might be toast. I mean, I think that they've used him yeah. so much that maybe, you know, it might be a Scott Proctor kind of thing where his arm is just kind of shot for the year and uh, that he's going to be, you know, an issue the rest of the way. But uh, what other options you got? Well, if we see a fire on the field, we'll know. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what Proctor did one day. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll know about that. One thing before we get back to the calls, Gordon, what – I'm sure there are monetary and, you know, roster reasons. But for me, on an, as an outsider, I'm like, can you keep Hill up here? What's yeah, the especially when, when, when Heaney is one of the other options, right? Yeah. I mean, like, in what world? I, I don't, I'll take a guy out of the stands and watch Andrew <laughs> Heaney again. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm sure that there is a monetary thing. I mean, again, the, this is you're the Yankees. It's the Yankees, yeah, really. You're the Yankees. I mean, you know, you can go back to the, the the before the trade deadline where they basically had to to move guys to to move money so that they, you know, and one of those guys was Luis Sessa. With the amount of, I know that Sessa kind of was a punchline at the time, but he was pitching well for the Yankees when they moved him. Uh, they, they could use him right now. Right, absolutely, they could use him right now. So. Uh, yeah, the Yankee bullpen, uh, I, I, I almost feel like they've relied on them so heavily, and they do rely on them so heavily, mm-hmm. that at some point they just start to get burned out. Eric is in Queens. He's next on 987 ESPN. Hey, Eric. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. All right. Um, I just got – bear with me for a second. I just, I'm a diehard Mets fan. I have a couple of numbers to just spew out. I am – 
I've been very patient with Rojas, and I've said it. I just I haven't really had massive issues with him. Like I do not, I do not think he will be here next year. But I that tenth inning, I I've never seen an inning like that in my life. Please just bear with me for one second. McCann's up. I understand that Mazika. He thinks Mazika is a better match against righties. I guess. Mazika's batting under 200 against righties. J.D. Davis batting over 300 against righties. I have no idea why he did that. Doesn't make any sense. No. Zero. Patrick Mazika should not be pinching for anyone other than the pitcher, not including Jacob DeGrom. He should not be ever pinching for Jacob DeGrom. Patrick Mazika, I told my father sitting there, I'm like, he's going to ground one to first or second base. He didn't disappoint, grounded it to the pitcher down the first baseline like a stupid walk-off RBI's. I like the guy's fine. He's a minor leaguer. That's one. Explain to me this guy, Brian De La Cruz, this guy, De La Cruz, batting 340. The guy after him batting 100. The guy after that guy batting 100 also. I have no, that is so simple. You do not pitch to that guy. He had three balls that were hit over 100 miles an hour, two hits on the night. Explain to me. That is amateur. How? How can he not walk that guy? He said he likes Diaz's stuff, and we don't pitch around guys when Diaz is on the mound. It doesn't matter. You have to. It is simple. It is baseball. You walk that guy. It doesn't matter. And then the next guy is batting 100. If he gets a walk-off hit, credit to him. It's game seven. of. It should be every game right now. It should be treated like game seven. We need to win every single game. And why is he not managing the 10th inning of the game against the Marlins? Like, if, if that's the do-or-die game, he would be so ripped apart right now. I have no idea how this guy can manage. Even tonight, they should fire him on the spot because he cannot continue the rest of the season. Can't happen. It's going to happen. And you know what? The Phillies and Nationals are going to lose. Phillies and Braves are going to lose tonight. And we're going to watch tomorrow because they have a shot. This guy has ruined our season, and I didn't think it till now. But now I realize. Thanks, guys. That's all I got to say. All right, Eric. Thanks for the phone call. And Gordon, he's not wrong. There's a number of things <laughs> that he hard is. It's hard to uh, disagree. Yeah. Yeah. There's a no, it's, it's hard. It really is. Now, yeah. I think what really is going to be his downfall is the fact that this was a first place team for much of the season, Gordon, and they have floundered badly. And yeah, they had injuries, and yeah, they had certain situations that go on, and yeah, they lost their ace. But Gordon, everybody's got injuries. Everybody has that that situation. But once again, here's the only thing that may save him, Gordon. Here's the only thing. They didn't make enough moves at the deadline to help this team, especially with pitching. Look, at the end of the day, I don't know that it's primary. Like maybe the Mets were flawed from the moment that Jacob DeGrom went down and was not coming back, right? Like they were never – the best thing that the Mets this year had going for them was that everybody else in the division was floundering and they just happened to be the team that was floundering less and – and maybe they were always kind of doomed. The problem, I think, for, for Rojas is not just these glaring uh, mistakes. It's not like he's adding anything either, right? Like, I mean, it's yeah. not like you're looking and saying, wow, he, he did a masterful job of this or that, or he's handling the bullpen really well. And it's a situation that after this season, I think it's going to be a clearing of the house, right? And you're not going mm-hmm. to change the front office. You're not going to change all the bunch of players and, and keep them at it. I mean, it was kind of like he was, he, he was kind of – walking the tightrope coming into this year. Yeah. Like after last year. Owner. Yeah. I mean, we didn't know that he was even going to be back after 60 games last year in his rookie year. He wasn't the first choice to begin with. So yeah, I think that, uh, I think the writing's on the wall that the Mets are going to undergo a bunch of changes after this season and manager's going to clearly be one of them. Manager's going to clearly be one general manager yeah. is going to yeah. be another. Yeah. And let's face it, Gordon, I don't know that Sandy's going to be back. No. 
I think, I think at this point that there's been so many things, even before this owner got here, I would think that, um, that the owner has to be sitting. He's not a guy with his success in life who is used to being ridiculed and mocked, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And now he, as the owner of the Mets, because of incidents that are happening in his organization, he is being mocked. And ridiculed, and I, I likened it to the line from The Godfather: "I'm a, I'm, a, I'm being made to look ridiculous, and I'm a man who cannot be made to look ridiculous." I would think that that would bother him, and, and now that he's gotten his feet wet for one season, right? Like he, he kind of knows a little bit more the lay of the land. He's not just coming in fresh as a, as a new guy. That he will say to himself, "You know what? I, I don't want to have this type of stuff routinely happen like it ha- has happened this year." I mean, you think about it. From the start of the year, between Jared Porter and 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 the stuff with the with the with the GM now and and the mm-hmm. the, the the players the, the thumbs down, all these different things, like I would think if you're Steve Cohen, you're, you're saying to yourself, look, I want somebody to come in here and and change the entire culture, change the entire approach, and we can't be having these incidents that happen on a regular basis where we're being embarrassed as an organization. Because that's him being embarrassed now. It's not yeah. the Wilpons anymore. And and we haven't even gotten to on the field. Right. <laughs> we, we're just well, talking look, about off the field. Right. I mean, look, you, you know, teams are going to have good years. They're going to have bad years. There's going to be things that happen. But I think the off the field incidents, which seem to routinely happen with the Mets – yeah, uh, I would think if you're Steve Cohen, you're like, you know what? Not on my watch. No. Uh, maybe it happened the first year, right? I, I relied on people that you know had a track record or had faith in Sandy. I think it's time to, that it's a fresh start, and every it, from top to bottom, he has to kind of go through the organization and put the people in place that he thinks deserve to be there. Well, I think, and I think really the situation with Sandy, and there's been some conversation that a lot of that Gordon was okay. Sandy's there, so Cohen's not going to come in and play, you know, bingo. Which player do I want? And I put him on the wheel, and that's who I go out and buy. Because Sandy's been kind of a small ball, you know, kind of guy. He's not, you know, he goes back to Oakland and and the money ball day. So they kind of, many people felt that he was brought in to kind of calm the nerves so that way Cohen could, you know, be nominated as owner and accepted by the other owners. I mean, I've heard that bounded around for a number of occasions. So guess what? He's got the job now. So unfortunately, you know, he'll need him. (laughs) He can do what he wants to do and he can put his own stamp on here. And Gordon, there's going to be a lot of changes with this Met ball club. And some of them also have to be on the field because this team, as you look at it, you know, this team is, this, this team is not, it's it's flawed. And I know a lot of teams are flawed, but this team is flawed in a number of spots. And since 2015, we've all said, you know, it's just about getting back into the playoffs and being yeah. able to get this rotation into a short series, get DeGrom into a short series. And I think that now, you know, this is now six years that we've been trying to – they've been trying to do that. I think you have to kind of approach things from a different angle and, and, and approach building the team in a different way as well. I can't – they got a lot of decisions to make between guys that are free agents on their team and just kind of drawing up how they want this team to look. I mean, yeah. between – Stroman's a free agent, right? Conforto's a free agent. Mm-hmm. I don't know if McNeil can be back after the – I think it's time, maybe time to cut bait there. You're going to have to make some, some pretty, I think, sizable changes to this team because um, you're looking here, right? I mean, we're, we're 20 games left, and you're basically a 500 team playing in yeah. the worst division in the, in, in the sport. Uh, that's, that's not good. It's not. It's not. And you have not responded well. To, to falling out of first place. Gordon, you just have it. Yeah. And, 
You know, that's the other thing, you know, because you want to find out what happens when you taste adversity. How do you respond? And earlier in the season, Gordon, they did a decent job at responding. Yes. But since the All-Star break, they have not. They have no. not. And so you start to wonder, is it that they're losing faith in the manager? What you know, There's a lot of stuff that's going on that you makes you, you know, raise your eyebrows at. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of guys on the offense that you're going to have to make decisions about. Yes. Right? I mean, yes. like, you know Alonzo's going to be here clearly, yep. but, you know, between McNeil, Conforto, Dom Smith, um, those are three guys. You know, what are you doing with J.D. Davis? I don't think you're going to bring him back at this point. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to have a lot of a lot of decisions to make about the makeup of this team. And, and look, at least you have an owner now that you know can go out and 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 cut the check. So if Marcus Stroman wants, you know, a multi, I'm sure he's going to want, you know, big money, a multi-year mm-hmm. deal. Who he's certainly earned it. That shouldn't be an issue. Building out the rotation shouldn't be an issue. This is a guy that this is not the Wilpons anymore. So nope. there should be no. Uh, and and look, they spent money this past year. Sure uh, did. You know. It, maybe he didn't spend it all that million wisely. Shortstop. Yeah, I mean, you know, James McCann's season was not all that great. Nope. Lindor's first year here has been a disaster. So, uh, yeah, they're going to have they're going to have some decisions to make. But it's almost like pointless talking about the players because I think the the decisions that are going to be made in the front office, mm-hmm. those are the first ones you got to deal with. No question about it. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 9870 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Gordon, before we get back to the phones, Chapman out? Yeah, I was going to ask you, if the role of the closer, right, is to be the guy who finishes out the inning, is Wandy Peralta the Yankees' actual closer now? Because it so. feels like every time Chapman comes in, he doesn't he doesn't close out the game. It's Peralta no. that has to come in and clean up his mess. Yeah, yeah. Is he? I I don't want to be a creature of the moment. Is he is he shot, Gordon? Is he I done? Oh man, he it, looks it, awful right now. I, I don't know what the issue is. If it's mental, if it's physical, it seems mental, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, he certainly does. And I was just kind of looking through. <laughs> doom scrolling as they call it uh mm-hmm, i was looking uh-huh. through the yankees what they have signed for next year uh-huh. and, and i mean it's not i mean chapman signed for another year making i think it's 18 million dollars zach Britton is signed for another year uh at, at pretty sizable money and, and given his injury history that won't be back that, so he's not great yeah. Then I, uh, Aaron Hicks. Do you realize that after this year, Aaron Hicks still has four more years with the Yankees? <laughs> That's amazing. Was that, was that a seven-year deal? Yeah. Oh, four more years. Now look, an outfielder making ten million dollars is not that much, but it's not. It nothing. is if he's not playing. Right. It's not nothing. <laughs> yeah, he got a seven-year contract for seventy million dollars. Oh. That's, Seemed the right idea at the time. <laughs> that, I mean, that might be one of the. I mean, you got a lot of bad contracts on this team. A yeah. lot of bad contracts. Yeah. I, I don't know. Can, can you. I don't know. Unless don't know they're going to significantly increase payroll. I mean, you just take a look at it. Like, there's not that much coming off the books. Corey Kluber's making $11 million. It's a one year deal for him, so he'll come off the books. And they don't really have. You know, they have a bunch of guys who are making. You know, fairly sizable money, especially at the top, Cole, Stanton, and LeMayhew. Uh, Chapman, as I said, I think he's making either 16 or 18 next year. Judge is making $10 million. Um, 
what's his name um, Hicks is making ten million, but after that they're not you know it's uh, it's five million for Urshela, it's four million for Voigt. you know it's not but they have so many guys at the, the top oh my gosh then yeah. they're unmovable unmovable yeah. and and it's really to, to your point it's time for them to get something from these players it's, it's time for them to get something from Hicks it's time for them to get yeah. something from Severino it, it's time for them to get it looked like the right move at the time to lock them up long term because if they were continue to continue to perform the way they did it would you would actually be saving money because they would be worth more money but I, at this point with the injuries Gordon, it's, it's it's counterproductive. I mean, I hate to tell you this, Gordon. You have to. Are you going to go? What about Frazier? Are, are you going to consider? I, I what are you going to do with him? I think that that ship has sailed. Are I you going to consider having to bring Brett Gardner back next year? <laughs> they, they they will continue to bring him back. <laughs> he's the only guy. He's got any runs tonight? I mean, he's got the three run home run. I, I I don't know. I mean, they are they are a mess. I mean, this is a a real mess. I mean, a real mess. Of a of a of a team, and it feels like, as you said, right? Like the window. I don't know that it's necessarily closed all the way, um, but it's certainly closing, and it's a lot close. It's a lot closer to being closed all the way than it is to wide open. Mm-hmm. And I, it almost feels like a team that you kind of have to. I'm not saying completely remake. They're not going to rebuild, but there's got to be a, a pretty big shakeup if this is the way this season's going to go. Yeah, and you got a lot keep, of questions. I mean, you here. can't just keep ramming your head into the wall, thinking, "All right, not tomorrow. That's gonna be. It's gonna be good tomorrow." Yeah, <laughs> we keep coming to these tomorrows, and it's not getting any better. In fact, it's diminishing returns at this point. You're right, and you haven't even mentioned, you know, changes that you got to have in your starting rotation. Changes with the bullpen. You know, Luke Voigt. What are you doing with him? Is he coming back? Is he not coming back? Glaber, what are you doing with Rizzo? What are you doing with Glaber? Glaber? Yeah, you know, it's a tough one. <laughs> This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Hour number two, Wednesday night edition of the show. Thanks for stopping by at 1-800-919-3776. By 15 minutes, we'll turn our attention to the NFL. We'll talk a little bit about tomorrow night's matchup that Gordon just can't wait. Can't oh my God. wait. At least we'll get some scoring, right? I mean, at least <laughs> one team is going to score. Somebody will score. We'll also take a peek at uh, what we could expect from the New York Jets this weekend. And then, of course, at the bottom of the hour, the way this game is going, it might be an interesting answers with Aaron. I know it'll be interesting to hear what Luis Rojas has to say. That's for sure. We'll do that at the bottom of the hour. Yeah, well, well hopefully we'll, be a, we'll last through what he had to say. <laughs> because it takes him a while to get it that out. It does get it. It does take a while. <laughs> Let's go back to the phones. Robbie's in Massachusetts. Hey, Robbie, you're next on 98.7. Gordon, Larry, it's always good to talk to you. Guys, I have to tell you something. You know, I get on Aaron Boone and I get on Brian Cashman. I'm not going to get on Aaron Boone because Judge is one for his last 23. And I want to congratulate the Yankees for having a lot of motivation when they lost two out of three to Baltimore and they've scored four runs in 27 innings. This team should be ashamed of themselves. But you know what, guys? You know what the honest thing is? I never thought I would say this as a Yankee fan for 50 years. I hope this team does not make the playoffs because this team needs changes. And they're fooling themselves. This is one of the most unathletic teams I've ever watched in my life. And the fact that they have to rely on Brett Gardner in a three-run home run tonight, 
It's just pitiful to watch. Strikeout artist after strikeout. You ever hear of Murray the K? I got a name for you. Joey the K. How's that one sound? Mm-hmm. Joey Gallo was a stupid acquisition. You didn't need another feast and famine hitter. That's all these guys do. They strike out. How many times do you have to watch Gary Sanchez strike out? How many times do you have to watch these guys strike out? And Blake Gardner, I think, got another hit just now. Nope, it's going to be the end of the ball game. Nice catch. That's it. Guys, I want your opinion. You're GM now, okay, or your ownership next year. What do you do? Do you keep Cashman? Do you keep Boone? What do you do? I'm not going to blame Boone because this team has four runs in, in 27 innings. I mean, it's a joke. Where the hell is the leadership on this team? Where is the guts? And why isn't Tyler Wade playing? Do you know that the Yankees were leading the, the league in stolen bases in the second half? What happened to stolen bases? What happened to athleticism? What happened to playing guys with that can run? What the hell happened? I mean, I Everybody you, got healthy, happened? Robbie. <laughs> the starters got healthy. They're not healthy. They're not healthy. You know what? It's the same thing every year, guys. It's the lack of depth in the pitching, in the starting pitching. We went and got Andrew Haney at the deadline. Meanwhile, the Dodgers got Max Scherzer. You know, it's like, why can't Brian Cashman figure out that starting pitching is really important? I mean, either you're going to develop pitchers at the minor league level or you're not. You're either going to sign free agents or you're going to develop pitchers, one or the other. I mean, but if Vermont is hurt, everybody's hurt, and it's taxed this bullpen. It's not anybody's fault. When they were winning, the depth was there in the bullpen. Green has stunk all year. He's been inconsistent. I have no idea. Well, Chapman wears a turtleneck. I think maybe that's the problem in the summertime. I have no idea. But, I mean, I almost hope that that, that they don't make the plans only because I think the organization has fooled themselves into thinking that this is a championship-caliber team. I just don't feel that way. If you look at the 13-game hitting streak, I'll let you guys comment on this, all right? They, they won two games against the Chicago team, White Sox team, that played 76 games against losing teams in the division. They beat a Braves team that won nine in a row, playing three teams, the Marlins, the Nationals, and the Orioles. They beat a lousy Angels team. They beat a Boston team on the downside. And they beat an Oakland team that lost three in a row at the time. So I think you can take the good with the bad. But they were winning games because they were playing athletic guys. They were playing way. Velasquez played tonight and made an error. So, but I, I'll get your opinion. What do you think? Because I can't stand watching these guys anymore. They're so boring to watch. They're, they're so station to station. It's just so boring to watch. I don't know what the hell what they're supposed to do. I mean, what can you do when you get – you don't realize – that they played the Orioles, and they lost two out of three of the Orioles. And in that series, I mean, it's a joke. How do you pull the seven? Well, I'll say this, Robbie, and, and, and thanks for the phone call and getting that off your chest. But they're not a station-to-station team. Gordon, you got to go get on base to go station-to-station. Yeah, I mean, they just have too many guys uh, that have just not performed. LeMayhew, I mean, he went last year yeah. from being the leader, I think, in all of baseball, certainly in, in, in the American League, uh, in OPS+. plus. So he was a... a among the most productive hitters in the sport last year. And this year he's been a below average or maybe after, you know, the the last couple of days, he's just at average, but he has had a huge drop off. And then the other guy uh, is Glaber Torres. I mean, those two guys there, they have got, and, and Glaber's struggles are even more pronounced than that. I mean, he is, he is not a major league player. I, I don't know what, I, what other way you want to put it. He is just simply not a major league player this year. And to see where he was two years ago, and he was one of the top prospects in the sport to go from where he was, and maybe 38 home runs was, you know, an outlier. Maybe that was, uh, you know, that was the only time he was ever going to do that. But he was a guy who hit with power. He hit with, you know, he hit doubles. He, 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 could, he could run some. 
and he has become what he's become. I, I don't have an explanation for that. I don't know that the Yankees have an explanation for that, but that I almost think that that has to be the first thing they're going to have to figure out in the offseason. Simon's in New Haven. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Simon. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Simon. How are you? Not are you there? Yeah, we're here. Go ahead, Simon. We got, we got, speaking of getting rid of managers, when are we going to finally get rid of uh, Boone, like I said? We've got to get rid of him. And I'm telling you, we got to get – and don't not bring Cashman back. I mean, that guy, all he cares about is coming on the walls and sleeping outside for charity. Focus on the team, for God's sake. And, you know, and get rid of Gardner. I'm tired of seeing this schmuck. I'm tired of him. All right? He's a Forrest Gump type of hitter. And that's why we keep popping up and grounding out all the time. He get was the guy him. that had he the home run tonight. Don't get rid of him <laughs> uh, yet. I mean, we need, we, he's, he's the juggernaut that makes the, uh, the offense go. Gordon, he's only a once in a blue moon type. No, look, hitter. I mean, he should not be playing every day. The reason he's playing every day is because of the Hicks injury, which should have been easily predictable because the guy's always hurt. No, I mean, uh, you don't have to, you don't have to, um, you know, I know all well about, uh, you know, Brett Gardner's struggles, but he's not supposed to be uh, an everyday player. And at least he actually did something tonight. The rest of the lineup didn't do a whole lot. I mean, they had seven hits uh, and they had three runs all came because of Gardner's home run. So the op, the yeah, offense is the problem. He's only, he's only a once in a blue moon type hitter though. Bad. What's that? He's only a once in a blue moon type hitter though, Gordon. Well, of course, no, you know, of course. He, I mean, he he's 37 years old. He's not supposed Jekyll. to be playing every day. He's supposed to be, you know, a defensive replacement, maybe a guy that comes in, you know, plays once a week to kind of give a guy a breather. He's not supposed to be playing every. The re, you know, the, the reason the Yankees struggles is not because of Brett Gardner. He's he's not, you know, the the top of the, the list. The coaches far too. got bigger guys at the top of the list um, that that uh, that are concerns and have to be. Questions have to be answered about them next year. But let me let me ask you a question. Between let me ask you a question. So, suppose you were the manager of the Yankees, or you're in a crucial game to get to the World Series, and you had a choice between Forrest Gump and Aaron Judge. Who would you rather have up in that situation? Uh, I would rather have Aaron Judge. Yes, thank you. I've been saying this. Oh, well, well, rather well, have Simon, Aaron Judge. Than Judge. Thing, Gump. Simon, okay, good. Yeah, but but here's the thing, Simon. When the Yankees were winning, solved. Gardner wasn't playing. No. Gardner was hardly playing when they were winning on that winning streak. Uh, you know that you had Judge in center, <laughs> you had right. uh, Stanton was in. You know Stanton was in right. Mm-hmm. He wasn't playing. You no. know the reason he's playing now is because those guys have cooled off. He wasn't. He he was just sitting on the bench watching. So listen, if if you're Boone, you're trying to play the hot hand. You're trying to find somebody that can get this offense going. He sat both Gallo and Torres last night. Because they're not hitting. He's doing, he's doing the best he can, Gordon. He's trying to find somebody to get some hits. And it's not even about playing the hot hand. He's just trying to uh, remove the coldest hands because yeah, exactly. he's got a ton of them. Yeah. Uh, and, and Gallo, as bad as he's been, although I don't know what people kind of expected. I, 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 you can't say, oh, my God, I'm so shocked that Joey Gallo. This is what he does. He's not yeah. a guy who makes a lot of contact. He's a guy that strikes out a ton of times. So, you know, as, we, as I laid out last night, if he's a guy that – and his best times is hitting 210 and striking out 30% of the times, but he's, he's walking a lot. He's hitting a lot of home runs. If he's going to slump, yeah, he's going to hit like 170 and strike out 50% of the times and not hit a lot of home runs. So I don't know really why they're surprised. And, and, and it does kind of feel like the, the lineup, it, it's all the same kind of guy, right? Odor, mm-hmm. if he gets a hit, it's going to be a home run or, or nothing at all. Gallows, home run or nothing at all. Stanton, home run, nothing at all. 
Um, so the, a, a Sanchez home run or nothing at all. And, and a lot of the other guys have just been, you know, for, for me. Nothing it, at it, all. <laughs> it, it's been nothing at all, right? Exactly. Glaber, nothing at all. Um, LeMahieu this year has not been the same player. There's no other way to put it. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.